got to be where you are. Amen. We thank God this morning for all of you. We thank him for his mercy and for his grace. We thank him for another day, another chance, another opportunity to grow closer in our relationship with him, to go deeper in our relationship with him. Father God, it is in the name of Jesus we come this morning thanking you for all that are gathered here. Father, you know all there is to know about us when you made us. There's nothing that catches you by surprise. And Father God, some have come in this morning with burdens. So heavy soul, God, that they're weighing them down. But Father, I heard you said in your word to cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. And Father, I pray this morning, Father, that as we prepare to hear from what the Spirit has to say to us through your word, that you will prepare our hearts and our minds. Father, for just a moment, Lord, we can concentrate on thee and we can forget about all others and forget about those things that worries us, those things that will cause us anxiety, that will cause us to fear, cause us not to have rest. Father, it is my prayer this morning, Lord, that you will do the heavy lifting as we surrender our hearts and our minds to you. Father, we thank you for what has already transpired thus far. We thank you for the songs of praise and worship that have went up toward you when we pray it be as a sweet-smelling savor. Oh God, we pray that you will use us all today until heaven can get the glory. Father, we seek no glory, no praise of man, but only God that we can be where you are. That you will be glorified even in this, oh God. Even, Lord, the words that would come out of my mouth, oh God. The words that have already went forth in song and in praise. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you will be glorified in it, oh God. And Father, we pray that you be pleased, oh God, with what we're doing, oh God. For we do it, Lord, not unto ourselves, not unto man, but unto you, oh God. Father, it is now, oh God, we ask, oh God, that we would decrease and that you would increase. And God, that you will use us this morning until heaven can get the glory. Father, we ask you this now. Let your spirit rain down, Father. Let your spirit rain down from heaven, oh God. Speak to the hearts of the minds of those that are in this place. Let our lives never be the same, oh God, but let us go deeper. As you've called us to go deeper in our relationship, in our commitment, in our faithfulness to you, oh God. Let that be our cry, oh God. Let that be our war cry, oh God. I want to be where you are, God. And for your glory, Lord God, I'm willing to do anything. I'm willing to let go of anything. I'm willing, oh God, to let go of any place. Father, I'm willing to let go of those things, oh God, that's not like you, Father. And Father, it is in the name of Jesus we ask, oh God, and we decree that you would give us strength from on high. You would give us power from on high, Father, to walk the walk, oh God, to talk the talk, oh God. Lord God, to let our life, oh God, be an example to others, oh God, that they might see your good work in us, oh God. Let us be a shining light, even in the midst of all the darkness. Let our light shine, oh God, like never before, oh God. 
God is about to do another miracle. God is about to do another miracle. Now then, I would attest to the fact that there are some of you this morning are in need of a miracle. My question to you is, what do you have that is available for God to use? Now then, we know that God is about to do a miracle, and that's good. But the question is, what do you have that is available for God to use? We understand from uh, the reading of this story that there are 5,000 men, not including women and children, that have followed Jesus to uh, the mountain. And it has come near the end of the day and the disciples have said Lord we need to send these people away so that they may be able to find uh, food to eat and then we see that one of his disciples Andrew which is Simon's Peter brother said uh, to him that there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish but what are they among so many? My brothers and sisters, I want to tell you this morning that you may feel that you don't have much to offer. You may feel that you don't have much to bring to the Savior. But the question is not how much you have, but the question is what do you have that is available for God to you? We understand from uh, a reading of the text that it, it was uh, the lad had a lunch. When we think about lunch, it is a meal that is eaten in the middle of the day, typically one that is a little lighter or less formal than the evening meal. I couldn't help but as I was reading this text, and y'all will testify, the times when, when we were small lads, if you will, and we would uh, have to go uh, to school, and it wasn't, the t it wasn't at the time yet where we were able to get free lunch, but it was the time when you had to bring a lunch from home. Y'all remember the brown bag that mama and grandmother Nim would pack the brown bag. They would put a sandwich. Many times it may be a bologna sandwich. Sometimes it was peanut butter and jelly. But nevertheless, we had a brown bag. Sometimes, y'all, we were able to get breakfast. We were able to get eggs and bacon on a sandwich. We were able to have that in a brown basket. Y'all remember the brown basket? Every now and then, if the brown basket was carried, if it was allowed to leak out, grease would leak out on the brown bag and you would see a stain, but nevertheless, you had your lunch to carry with you. You had your lunch. I can imagine in my mind as I read this story that this little lad, he didn't know, he didn't know the day, the day that 
he left home. He left home from his mother. The story doesn't tell us if his mother were present. Some has said that maybe he was sent out on his own nevertheless, but this is what I imagine in my mind. I imagine in my mind that this young man had heard about Jesus. Anybody here willing to testify that I heard about Jesus? This young man made a decision. I believe in my mind that he made a decision that he was going to go and learn more about this Jesus that he had heard about. I imagine in my mind that his mother prepared a, a, a lunch for him and told him, son, if you're going to go and seek out this Jesus that you heard about, to seek out this Jesus that they're talking about, then I want you to take with you these five barley loaves and I want you to take these two little fish. And what you didn't know, what you didn't understand, it said in the text here that Jesus asked him, where can we go by that we might be able to feed these? And then it also tells you Jesus asked the question to test him because he knew what he would do. What I saw in that is that God always has the ram in the bush. God always has a way out of no way. God always has that what is needed. He always makes provisions for what what you need. The question is, are you willing to give God what you have? Are you willing to submit? Are you willing to give your situation over to him so that he can form a miracle in your life? Many times you may feel that you don't have anything to offer, but what God is looking for is for you to be willing to give him what you have. You may say, well, I don't have anything to offer, but I come to beg the different. I come to tell you the different. You have something in your life that God could use. God don't create mess. God don't create junk. What God created is to be you for his glory. If God created you and he gave you the activities of your limb in that you are alive today, you have something that God can use. The question is, are you willing to give it to him? Are you willing to surrender to him? Are you willing to give your life over to him? Or are you just going to hold on to what you got? Thinking that if I hold on to what I got, then I won't lose it. If I sit down on the gift that God has given me, then I won't be judged. Then I won't be criticized. Then I won't be put down. But I come to tell you, even if you sit down and do nothing, you're going to be talked about. So you may as well get up and do the things that God has called you to do. You may as well surrender your life over to him completely so that he can do the work that he wants to do in in your life. If you want your situation to change, you must be willing to do something different. If you want your situation to change today, if you're looking for a miracle to today, you must be willing to surrender your life completely over to Jesus. You must be willing to give it all over to him. Now then, it says after these things, after the things um, is referring to John the Baptist, he had been in prison. He was beheaded and because uh, of Herod's uh, adulterous uh, uh, relationship with his brother's Philip's wife and because of it, John the Baptist was thrown in prison and because of that, her 
uh, Herodias had her daughter do a dance before him, and she demanded in return John the Baptist's head. So it was after these things, John had been in prison, John had been beheaded, that Jesus and his disciples, they went away to get away for a time of mourning, maybe for a time of prayer, Psalm says. But even in the midst of all of this, Jesus, Jesus had crowds of people followed him. They followed him. Many followed Jesus to see what miracles he would perform. Some say maybe even tricks they thought. But whatever the reason was, these people followed Jesus. Some came to Jesus because they had some things that they need delivering from. Some of us, some of us, we come to church simply to see what is going on. Then there are others that come because we're seeking deliverance. And then there's others that come because we're seeking healing from some type of illness, some type of disease, some type of sickness, some type of, of ailment. We're seeking deliverance. Some of us are coming. Some of us are here today because we're looking for a miracle. A miracle. A miracle. A miracle is one of those supernatural acts. One of the things that, that will happen that cannot be explained. One of the things that would happen, it has to be supernaturally done. It has to be something that's done by the power of God. That is a miracle. You may say, well, I've never seen a miracle. I've never heard of a miracle. Well, the fact that you and I are here today is a miracle. There are some people, some people did not make it. They did not make it. They did not make it. To see the day that you and I are seeing today. When I think back, my mind goes back to there are folk who were on the earth before I was. Now I am and they're not. They're no longer here. So it's a miracle that I'm still here. It's a miracle that you're still here and you're amongst the one who are still here. That is a miracle. It's a miracle this morning that you woke up this morning. You were able uh, to have the activities of your limb. You were able to open your eyes. That is a miracle. Well, you may say, well, I I need to see something else. I need to see something deeper. What if, what if, if you happen to be one of those who was at the wedding and Jesus' mother came to him and told him, hey, they have run out of wine. And he said, my time is not yet. But nevertheless, Jesus turned the water into wine. Maybe that was the miracle. Maybe that is the miracle that you're looking for. If Jesus would come and turn water into wine, maybe you would believe. Maybe you would surrender. And maybe you happen to be the one who who has a person in your family that is sick, someone that's near death. And maybe if Jesus would lay hands on them and then they would recover, maybe that would be the miracle that you're looking for. Maybe, maybe, maybe there is one. And I happen to know today that there are people walking around today that are demon possessed, that do have a demon within them. And that is why they study evil and only evil continuously. It's because they have a demonic spirit. Maybe if Jesus was here today and he laid hands on the person and called out that demon spirit maybe maybe then you would believe that he's able to perform a miracle in your life can I testify and tell somebody that you do have a sickness you and I have a sickness we have a disease a disease that a sickness that's called sin and the bible says that the wages of sin is death and it is only the gift of God that gives us eternal life so if you are walking around today and you don't have a relationship
relationship with God. If you have not been free from sin, guess what? You are bound to die. You are bound to die because that is the wages of sin. But just because, just because I'm looking for a miracle day does not nullify the fact that God is still able. And God specializes in the thing that seems impossible. He specializes in the things that seem impossible. And so it is what the story tells us is that this little boy, this little little lad, it doesn't tell us how old he was, but it says a young lad. So we know he had to be a young man. This young man, this young man, it told me something as I was reading the story. This young man, as he started out on his journey, and he went in pursuit of Jesus because he heard about him. He heard about miracles that Jesus could perform. And maybe, maybe, maybe this young man, he could have came to hear of Jesus and to talk to Jesus. Maybe we don't know the reason why this young lad was present, but we knew that God already knew what he was going to do in using the young lad. What that also tells me is that you're never too old and you're never too young for God to use you. You're never too old or too young for God to do a miracle in your life. The question is, are you willing to surrender to him? Are you willing to give all that you have to him in order that he might do what he wants to do in your life? Here's some things that you need to know if you're going to walk with Jesus, if you're going to talk with Jesus, if you're going to see a miracle in your life, if you're going to turn over your stressful situation, your anxiety situation, the things that you've been worrying about, the things that you've been praying about, there are some things that you must understand and testify to this fact. If you're going to follow Jesus, you, you, that is, you're going to follow Jesus, there are some things that you should know. Number one, you have to be connected. Mm -hmm. In order, in order, in order for the 5,000 to, 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 to be a part of the miracle, they had to be present. In order for the 5,000 to, to, to participate in the miracle, they had to be present. If you want a miracle, you have to be present. You may say, well, I'm here. That's not what I'm talking about. You have to be the present in the here and now. You can't be playing on your cell phone. So if you got it, I'm calling you out. You can't be playing on your cell phone. You can't be playing games when you're in the house of the Lord. When it's time to stand up and lift up holy hands, if you want to be connected, you got to be willing to lift your hand even though sometimes y'all you may feel burdened sometimes you may feel weighted down it's hot in here feel weighted down. You may feel like that you can't lift up your hand. Every now and then, every now and then, when we go and we work out, our muscles, they get sore. But guess what? If you are expecting a miracle, and my miracle will come when I lift up my hands, and when I give God praise, guess what? I'm going to lift up my hand, and I'm going to give God praise. All the time, y'all, you got to understand as a Christian, all the time, you're not going to feel like it, but you got to do it Nevertheless, anyway, sometimes, sometimes your breakthrough comes when you don't feel like it and you do it anyhow. Sometimes, sometimes your breakthrough will come when it seems like you're at the end of the rope. Sometimes your breakthrough will come when it looks like there's no way out of no way. It is then that you're ready for God to do a miracle in your life. Now then, 
you've got to be connected. And Jesus said in being connected, he said, man ought to always pray and faint not. What that means is that I pray about everything and I pray, I pray about everything and I worry about nothing. Number next thing, you got to be conscious. That is, you got to be able to evaluate uh, in your own mind, in your own thoughts, the desires that, that the things that are right and wrong. You got to be able to know what is right and what is wrong. You got to be able to know how to distinguish what is good and what is best. You got to be able to do this, but the only way you can do this, you have to be connected. And then, and then you got to be covered. You got to be covered. You got to be under the cover. That is, you have to have the spiritual protection. You have to have the spiritual nurturing which God provides for all of those who are in covenant relationship with him. Are you in covenant relationship with him? You cannot see the covering, but nevertheless, you know that the covering is there anyway. You can't see it, but you can know and experience the effects of the covenant being present. I said on yesterday we see the effects of the wind but we cannot see the wind. Have you ever looked out your window and saw the trees going from left to right swaying way back? Have you ever noticed and saw the leaves begin to blow? The leaves begin to fly across the air. Have you ever noticed a piece of paper all of a sudden it just seemed like someone lifted it up and then it begins to go high and high in the sky. It is the fact that there is a wind present and that is why you were able to see that, but you didn't see the wind, but you saw the effects of the wind. I'm reminded, I'm reminded, I'm reminded of a time, of a time talking about being under the cover. I'm reminded, I'm reminded of a time back in the day, y'all, when we didn't pick up tow trucks, when we didn't have tow trucks. If our car would break down, y'all know where I'm going. When our car would break down, we would call somebody, somebody that had a chain, somebody that had a rope, and then they would come, y'all know what I'm talking about. They would come and they would hook up the chain to our car. And guess what? The fact that they hooked up their chain then to my car and now we are connected, I was able to go where they were going. Even though I was broke down, even though my car would not function, even though I couldn't start it up, even though it seemed like I had no power, but the fact that I was connected, I was connected to their vehicle, I was able to go where they were going. There were times, there were times, there were times when I was a little boy, I had an opportunity. My uncle would allow me to get in the car and act like I was driving. And there'd be two or three of us in. And I remember being behind the wheel. And the car, it was no good. It was ready to be thrown away. But just for the time, the time of the travel, I was able to feel like... I I was able to feel like I was driving. I was able to do that because he had the power. I didn't have the power, but I was connected. What I want you to understand today, you can have the power, but you must be willing to be connected. And then, and then what I understood and what I discovered in that experience is the fact that he knew the way. I didn't know the way, but he knew the way. But guess what? I was able to sit in the driver's seat even though I wasn't driving. I was able to sit in the driver's seat I was able to put my hand on the stern wheel. And guess what? I could turn the wheel here and there. Guess what? But the fact that he was driving, the fact that he had the power, the fact that he had control, guess what? I was going where he was going. 
the fact that he was in control, the fact that he was driving, I was going where he was going. So what I want to tell you, there are times in your life, you may feel that you have no power, but if you are connected to the one that holds the power, guess what? You're going the way that he's going. You're going to where he's at. The song said, I want to be where you are, but in order for you to get where he is, you must be willing to go where he's at. The 5,000, the 5,000. So, so it is, we understood that this miracle, this miracle, Jesus had already performed a miracle with turning the wine, uh, uh, the water into wine. He'd already performed the miracle of healing the sick. He'd already performed the miracle of laying hands on the one that was possessed with a demon. But So the people have heard about Jesus and his popularity begins to spread. The story says that John disciples, after John had been buried, that John disciples came also and joined in with the other disciples. So it is I can imagine in my mind word about Jesus has spread it and now we're getting close uh, uh, to the Jewish Passover holiday so people from all around had come. they come and they were coming to go to Jerusalem anyhow so they said to themselves we must go and see uh, what they're talking about this man Jesus. Maybe he can heal my sin sick soul. Maybe he can do the things that I need done in my life. Maybe Maybe, maybe he will lay hands on me and I can be recovered. My question to you today is, are you willing to surrender your life to Jesus? Are you willing to give it over to him? Are you willing to give it to him? And then, and then, and then understand, understand that Jesus saw the crowd. See, and that's the thing about Jesus that I love is that even though the people, the thousands of people that were gathered there, they didn't come to him and say, we're hungry. Feed us. He knew what they had need of. And the Bible tells us God knows what we have need of, you and I, so we don't have to worry. The question is, what I saw here in the text is that the people were willing to follow Jesus. You and I, you and I, just for a little discomfort will cause us to stay home. If, if, if it happened to be that there is no air condition, that would be reason for some folk to stay home. Maybe, maybe it's too hot outside. Maybe the temperature has reached over 80 some odd degrees and that's too hot for you. Maybe that's the reason why some people would neglect to come and follow Jesus. Maybe, maybe the fact that I don't have food to eat, I'm not going to go follow Jesus. Anybody willing to testify that I wanted to go and hear what the Lord had to say? And there was a time in my life where I didn't have a whole lot of food. There were times where I didn't know how I was going to pay my bill, but I was determined to go hear what the man of God had to say because I believed that God had a miracle in store for me, and I pressed my way. I pressed my way. Whatever the reason is, these people, they pressed their way to follow Jesus. And what I like, what I like, what I like about this, Jesus, Jesus, after his disciples were saying, send them away. We don't have enough excuses, excuses. We're living in a day and time, y'all, where it's time for us to stop making excuses of not being about our father's business. It's time for us to stop making excuses about doing what we know to do. When we know to do right and we do it not, it is a sin. That's the word. That's the word. That's the word. Now then, now then, what I, what, I, what I saw in there, I want y'all to get this. A young man had five barley loaves and two fish. See, what you probably think that the barley loaves were big pieces of bread, gigantic pieces of bread, but it was not. 
you probably thought that it was two big fish, but it says little fish. Now, I don't know if you all have ever seen sardines. If you ever seen sardines, then they are little fish. They're not big fish. If you ever seen barley loaves, they are small loaves, not big loaves. So, so when we look at the miracle that Jesus performed, what we saw in the text, he took what the lad had and he blessed it and then it multiplied. You may think that you don't have anything to give or that you don't have enough to give, but if you're willing to give of what you have, God will take it and multiply. Now then, what I saw is that me and you represent the five barley loaves and the two fish. God spoke to me, spoke to my heart, told me what to do. I tell my wife what God told me. Now then, I'm no longer just me, but it's me and my wife. I tell my mother what God told me. No longer is it me, my wife, and just my mother. I tell my sons and daughter, no longer is it just me and my wife, but it's me, my wife, my mother, and so forth and so on. So you see, taking what I have, what God has given to me, has caused all of this. So it is the little bit that you have if you're willing to give it to him, he takes that, multiplies it, and then thousands of thousands upon thousands are being fed. Now, God has taken each and every one of you. Raise your hand if you've ever worked on a job. God has taken every one of you, your five barley loaves, your two fish, and you've went and made an impression upon other people. In other words, you made a deposit of the five barley loaves and the two fish in the lives of every person that you come in contact with. Now then, those folk take their five barley loaves and their two fish, and they go and make a deposit in the lives of other people. So when we look at the miracle on the page, the miracle comes off the page. The miracle has become alive, and you and I don't know that we're all part of a miracle. We're all part of a miracle because God has took your life and my life, took it and multiplied it to make a deposit in the life of other people. So guess what? If you count all of us in the room, I probably got 5,000 just by myself. But if you take all of us in this room and our impact on the lives of the people that we've come in connection with has been 
more than the 5,000. Can I tell you something? 5,000 is all that is listed, but it says not counting women and children. Some says when you count women and children, it could have been as many as 15 to 20,000 people were fed by, guess what? The five barley loaves and the two fish. So what I want to tell you, don't discount the things of God. Don't discount the hand of God because God can take your little bit and he can multiply. God can take you out of your current situation, whatever it is. He can take you out of your current situation, bless it, multiply it, and then guess what? It goes out to bless the lives of many people. I believe in my mind as we're standing here today, as we sit here today, and we give God praise, I believe that God is taking your life and my life to touch the lives of other people, and he's going to bless it. He's going to multiply it, and so that it will feed thousands and thousands and thousands of own people even though it may not look like it because when I look with my natural eye I see five barley loaves and I see two fish but me, me, me I go deeper into the spirit I don't see five barley loaves I see five thousand plus I see God multiplying my life your life and his life and her life to touch the lives of other people the question is are you willing to give God of what you have are you willing to surrender it all to him guess what Guess what? When you're willing to give to God what you have, guess what? You'll be just like the disciples. And the text tells us after everyone had got full, after you got everything that you wanted, after you've gotten everything that you wanted, guess what? There's still some left over. After you've gotten everything that you wanted, everything that you needed, there was still some left over. There was some left over for you to go and help somebody else. The question is, are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing to give it to him? I got to tell you this. The beauty of this story about the young lad, and this is where you come in. See, the lad was blessed because, number one, he made himself available. <laughs> he made himself available. Number two, the lad was blessed because he was prepared. See, God has already given you what you need. The question is, are you willing uh, uh, to use it for his glory? Are you willing to use it for his purpose? Number three, the lad was willing to give what he had. He was willing to give it up. He was willing to give it. And, and, and the question that, that you and I must understand that if you and I are going to see miracles in our life, we got to be available, we got to be prepared, and we got to be willing. And so when we come to church, that is, we come to church during a Sunday morning service, we come Wednesday night Bible study and thus forth, when we have our prayer call, all of this is to help us get ready, to, to prepare us, and then we must be willing to go where God is calling us to go. We must be willing if we're going to be blessed. My brothers and sisters, the young lad, in this story, he followed the right person. If you're looking for a miracle, you got to be willing to follow the right person. Now, now, I'm going to step on some toes, y'all. Excuse me. Following the right person does not mean going to the casinos. 
playing the slot machines. It does not mean, does not mean, and I know I like to watch sports and, 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 and I like to watch the TV programs, but, but Pastor Todd, I've never discovered where any of these things were able to bless me, if any of these things were able to get me out of situations. And some of y'all like to scroll Facebook and like to post and like to put your body on and show this side and that side and all of that. But what I've discovered is that none of those things, none of those things, it, it, none of those things is going to get me into heaven. None of those things is going to get me closer to Jesus. None of those things that, that one would want to do. Some, some folk in here like to have a good time and there's nothing wrong with having a good time. Some folk in here like to uh, uh, drink and sometimes they drink just a little bit too much. Some folks like to smoke weed and sometimes they smoke just a little bit too much. But none of these things, none of these things are going to get me closer in my relationship with Jesus. But this young lad, he was willing to deny and put aside, if, I, if you will, he was able to, to put aside all of those things. He said, I'm not going to play, if you will, I'm not going to play video games today for 12 hours. I'm going to go and follow Jesus. I'm not going to watch the soap operas for 24 hours. I'm not going to do any of those things. And the soap operas just don't come on during the day. The soap operas also come on in the evening. Some of the shows that we watch today, they are just nothing but soap operas. They're still soap operas. And I'm not saying anything wrong with any of that. What I'm saying is that those things will not get us closer to Jesus. They will not help us in what we're trying to go. They will not get us to where we want to go. So you must be willing to follow Jesus at all costs. You must be willing to follow him at all costs. See, see, if, if the young man, if he had followed Herod because Herod was the king, if he was to follow him because he was the ruler, then maybe he would have gotten his head cut off. If he had followed the crowd, maybe if he followed the crowd, he would have been hungry just like the rest of the crowd. But the young man was determined to go and follow Jesus. And see, when we follow Jesus, when we follow Jesus, then we will see miracles performed in our life. We'll see miracles upon top of miracles because God... God can multiply your little bit. He can multiply your little bit. Y'all remember back in the day, back in the day when we had, when we were in school and they, they taught us our multiplication tables. And, and I don't know about y'all, but the, the multiplication tables, when we got to those, it was fun to, to, to be able to know what one times one. And then we went on to our twos. And then we went on to our threes, our fours, our fives, our six, our seven, our eight, nine, ten. And then guess what? We stopped at twelve. But then we, by then, when we got to 12, we understood then what was necessary in order for us to grow. What was necessary in order for the numbers to grow. I had to take what I had and put it with something else. And then it was blessed. It was multiplied. And so it is for you. You've got to make up in your mind today the little bit that I have. I don't have anything. Here I am, Lord, naked and unafraid. I'm willing to give my life to you so that you can bless me how you see fit. Now then, lastly, when it was all over, 12 baskets of fragments was taken up. There was leftover bread and there was leftover fish. How many disciples was it? The 12 disciples of Jesus each had a basket. They each had what they needed. Their need was supplied. Not only that, there was enough to feed 5,000 
15,000, 20,000, whatever the number was. I want to tell you today, it's time for you to stop discounting God. Stop counting him short because there's nothing too hard for God to do. But you must be willing to believe. In order to receive, you have to believe. Y'all, it's time to let go and let God. Amen. Okay, let's everyone understand. We're going to also prepare for our communion. God wants to do a miracle in your life. But you got to believe. And see, believing requires action on your part. You got to do something. Holding out on God, it won't work. What I mean by holding out, well, I'm going to give him this much time, and then if it doesn't happen, then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. That's not the answer. There are many here today have tried, and if they could testify, they would tell you it didn't work. There are no shortcuts to heaven. There are no shortcuts to heaven. Can I tell you a secret? There is no shortcuts to getting rich. Well, I heard about, no, I'm not talking about that kind of rich. See, you can like earthly material things and yet be rich. Because greater is your reward up in heaven. So I challenge you today, as you're standing, you know who you are. You're holding out. But God says, I want you to go all the way, all the way. And when you go all the way with him, y'all, sometimes it is going to be painful. But you got to press your way because there is a blessing in the pressing but you got to press your way in. As we all stand in here this morning, some of you came in, you didn't come in right, but now is your opportunity to be free. Or whatever it is that was burdening you, that was holding you down, it's your opportunity to get it right. Amen. Let us bow our heads. Gracious Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for all the people that are gathered here. Father, we pray right now, Father, as you move around the room, Father, you know those, oh God, who are burdened this morning, who have been cast down in their spirits, oh God. Father, we know that there is an enemy that's hot on the trail, oh God. He's seeking whom he may devour. And Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that we will come, Lord God, under the banner, oh God. The better of love, Lord God, that you have for us, oh God. And totally surrender our lives to you and allow you to do only what you can do in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds. To set us free, oh God. For we know your word says whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Father, I pray this morning, Lord God, as we prepare to take communion, oh God. Lord, you will take the bread and bless it, oh God. Lord, which represent your broken body that was broken for my sins and their sins and the sins of the whole world. Father, I pray that you will take the juice which represents 
represent your shedded blood, which was shedded for all of our sins, oh God. And Father, we know, Lord God, that by your stripes we are healed. And Father, we claim healing right now. I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, as we prepare to partake of the communion, oh God. Lord, we'll be mindful of the things, oh God, that we had given to you, oh God. We won't take it back, but we'll let you take it, oh God, and do what you want to do with it, oh God. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you create in us, oh God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit in us, oh God, that we can walk upright before you, oh God. Father, I pray that you will forgive us of our sins. Your word said that if we will confess our sins, you faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. Father, I claim right now in the name of Jesus as those ones that are standing, Lord, with their eyes closed, Lord God, that they will ask for your forgiveness, oh God. They will ask for your forgiveness from their hearts, oh God. And Lord God, whosoever your word said, call us for the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. And Father, we call upon your name today to save your people, oh God, to heal your people, to set the captives free, oh God. Father, we claim right now in the name of Jesus, the spirit of distraction, oh God. Father, we come against it right now and all the forces of darkness right now. By your power, Father, in the name of Jesus, oh God. Father, we claim right now that it be no more the devices and the plans of the enemy. We claim it to be no more, not by our spirit, but by your spirit, by your power, oh God. We surrender. We surrender all to you, oh God, and we ask you to do only what you can do. It is in Jesus' name, and we receive it today. And the church said, Amen. 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 Let's give God hand praise.